You're listening to Just a Couple of Jerks with me, Paul Winstanley, and another regular person from the IT community. This episode, I'm speaking with Harjit Daliwal. Now, you guys know Harjit. If you're in the community, he's everywhere. He's the face, or the community face, of events like Ignite. And uh, whenever you see him out there, he'll arrive with a smile on his face and a camera in your face. You'll get a selfie, and next thing you know, you'll be tweeted all over the internet. He's a really good guy. We go through uh, how he moved over from Malaysia uh, and got going in a fish-out-of-water scenario. And we talk about how he got involved in tweeting, social media, blogging, the whole thing, really. Uh, And he's really out there with his uh, Facebook group, Tech Connect. And uh, he helps the community through Facebook as well. We hear some interesting stories about that. It was a real good chat and I hope you enjoy it. So check out this new episode of Just a Couple of Jerks. So what you get, you get a whole day of uh, of the living room and all the kids are uh, sat in the rooms, broadband <laughs> all day, yeah? yeah? And then the minute you come to start and record. That's when they want to come in, right? They want to come in the room and you're like, oh, I've had enough. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, Harjit Daliwal, thank you very much for joining me today on... Uh, my new podcast this is the third episode that i've recorded uh and it's about having a chat with yourself get to know you a bit more and also uh find out about you and about uh you know you've been an expert in the it community and ultimately what we do find out from all this is we're just ordinary guys trying to make it through the day get things done and ultimately we're just a couple of jerks, yeah? <laughs> That's the idea. Obviously, it's not being derogatory to you. We're just kind of you know, muddling our way through, yeah? Right, so, right. yeah, thank, thanks for coming on board. All right, thanks. Thanks for having me. And, uh, Arjit, I've known you for a while now. Uh, Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said it. Um <laughs> Yeah, good, good couple of years. Maybe more, more, more than that. I would have thought. But yeah, we, we met more than that. We met at MMS in Minneapolis, right? But we were friends before that too. So no, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't. <laughs> Must be someone else. MVP Summit as our as our first. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was MVP yeah. Summit. I saw you coming in through the through the side door where the uh, the buses drop off, right? I think that's. I think if I remember correctly, yeah. Uh, almost. Do you know what? You know too many people. Yeah, I, I think that's where it was, yeah, in the Hyatt. I, I met you just prior to that. I thought, oh, it might have been that, actually. I think yeah. you're right, actually. Uh, and then we did we meet again at the um, uh, Adaptiva night? Yep, and we were right. at the Adaptiva party, too, yeah. 
Yeah, so um, your memory's better than mine then. So <laughs> even though you thought it was MMS. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was MMS, but uh, no, it was definitely MVP Summit, yeah. I've never made it to MMS, and this year is looking very edgy, isn't it? Oh, um, my God, this year's looking horrible for the rest of the year, I think. Desperate, desperate. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the, the last couple of guests, Adam and, and Mike, we chatted about the, the COVID-19 situation. I think it's worth having it, having that chat now, really, isn't it? Because yeah, how is that impacting you professionally? How is that impacting you on a personal level? Uh, yeah, it is, it is impacting. I mean, now the complete shift to work from home. You know, I do work from home from, you know, once or twice a week sometimes, right? But it's a complete shift to home where it's one thing when you're alone at home and you're working and you know you can you can do your thing right but then when you have your entire family at home uh, the whole dynamics changes right it's like they're they're moving around they're doing their thing you can't stop them right life goes on uh stuff like that and you're like wait you know but i'm working i've got calls i've got you know teams and things like that and so a lot of adjustments in that sense. Um, There's actually realizing you do work, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you have work to do, my God. Yeah. You just sat at home. Yeah. <laughs> and the other the other thing is that I find like if you if you're not careful with work from home, you end up working a lot. You could end up working like a lot of hours, right? Because you're always just there. You're you're in your house, so it's not like you're you know, hey, oh, it's time. Time's up. I gotta leave work now. I gotta run home. You know that kind of a thing. You're already home, and uh, it's, so it's also isn't it? the other thing I learned, and I've been saying this and uh, to a bunch of people too. Um, one of the tips I received was uh, creating a separation of space in your house wherever you are. So, for example, like. In the past, I would just use my laptop and I would sit, you know, either at the kitchen table or on the, you know, on the sofa and, you know, just plug away all day long, no problem. But then when you're actually doing it five days a week and you have family in the house and stuff, now it's like, wait, if I sit where I sit in the on the sofa, I'm working all day long, even throughout the night, because that's not a, a separation of space. So you're like your living room. It's supposed to be like your entertainment area. Your kitchen is where you eat, right? Your bedroom is where you go to sleep and stuff like that. So you got to carve out a, a, a nook or a corner somewhere, whether it's in your basement or whether it's a spare bedroom or something. So you can step out of it and say, hey, I'm going to go get a coffee. And, you know. So Move around happens. a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And isolate yourself in a, in a different way, isn't it? Exactly. Shift yourself in. Yeah, I should do that really because I'm sat on the sofa and um, and I suddenly go, oh, I'm, not, I'm not moving at all. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm moving into the um, the kitchen, making like say making a coffee. Yeah, make sure when I when I have mm. lunch at home, I'm I'm sat in that room, um, away from from you know the screen. Right. But I do have the computer at the back of the room, but I don't tend to sit there. I can I, I just put my feet up and I put some music on and things like that. But then it's as you say, it's that oh geez, I'm just sat here and I'm sat here all day and it is like you space the space for other other things really, isn't it? 
Right. And and if you sit there all day long, let's say where you, you know, you have your TV in the front or your, your sofa and all that, you know, even if you put your laptop away on the side, you know, it doesn't stop you like every, you know, so many minutes, you'll turn around and you grab the laptop. Oh, let me check Facebook. Oh, wait, oh, let me check if there's an email from work, right? Oh, let me check. Oh, wait, oh, there's someone, you know, put in a request for this. I'll just take care of it. I'm right here. No problem. Right, so you're oh, yeah. always uh, in work uh, mode. I never thought you came off the the computer anyway. I mean, you're always <laughs> you're always visible. But oh, yeah, totally, yeah, totally, isn't it? I suppose yeah. it's disconnecting from that, isn't it? And it's it's hard. I mean, do you work at home a lot, or has it just been enforced by the current situation? It's more enforced by the current situation, but my work has been really flexible too. With with uh, my department's always been able to, like you know, if we are taking care of something at home, we're like, hey, you know, I'm going to be home because I'm you know, getting an electrician coming over or something like that, or, hey, I've got to deal with the kids or something, right? So we're pretty flexible in that sense. So we've been doing that already. So it's not a anything different. Um, yeah. It's just that now you are like complete full-time mode. It's like, like I said, not only your equipment changes too, right? Instead of from a laptop, you're like, I can't, I can't just look at a laptop screen all day long and have, you know, a zillion windows, you know, your RDP window and your email and your teams and all that stuff. Now you need a bigger screen. Now you need a table. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. So it's, it's, it's different. Uh, but it's, it's coming along. I mean, you know, I've adjusted to it now and stuff like that. It's, it's no big deal. The, yeah. The, is it a couple of weeks you've been doing it now, roughly? Yeah. Say? At least a couple of weeks yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, and what what industries your company work in? Are you... uh, we're in higher higher education. Okay, so it's a university. Yeah. And so has that finished then? Have they have they pulled the plug on it for the rest of the rest of the year? Or it is pulled for the rest of the yes the semester, which is uh, till end of May. Uh, so if basically what the last couple of weeks or at least last week was just crazy busy with trying to support people on teams all of a sudden our teams usage just skyrocketed um, everybody wants access to it everybody needs to be licensed and then uh, we also had to get uh, live events with uh, teams configured and trained people on it because we were having some um, you know so instead of students going to campus for you know the, the ones that were accepted for next year you know, they usually come to, you know, on campus and, and meet with the different departments and do a tour and stuff like that. Now they can't do that because we're, a, you know, stay home, stay quarantine kind of a, a mode, right? So we have to like switch all of that into live events. And so that was a lot of like meetings last week about how to use it, how to do production, how to do speaker mode and stuff like that. So it all worked out. I mean, but it was definitely challenging um <clears throat> yeah and then you know it's uh you know you know you and i both do a lot of config manager stuff and you know windows windows 10 management and all that stuff that too has changed um a bit in terms of wait all of these users that i used to support mostly used to be on campus right they were they were in your internal network and now they're all remote. They're all staying home and working from home with their laptops or desktops that they took from their from their office, right? So you're like, 
<clears throat> wait, how do I support these people now? You know, uh, one of the challenges we are facing, and you may have the answers or, or your listeners may have the a- answers for this, is that um, our users don't have local admin access on their machines. So they are at home now. They're calling the help desk and saying, hey, I'm having trouble installing the software. They're like, because they're getting, um, you know, the UAC prompts, but they mm-hmm. don't have local yeah. admin access. They can't, they can't bypass it. So the help yeah. desk says, hey, no problem. We'll, we'll remote connect using this, this software called Simple Help, right? It's like mm-hmm. a remote. <clears throat> so they do that. And I also ask for elevation on the end user side, and they can't do it. So the the credentials don't get transferred over, right? And uh, so they're like, ah, I can't help you. It's it's kind of uh, stuck. And also, we're noticing like certain applications, like Teams, for example. If you um, if you haven't used Teams before, and you let's say you you know it's installed, and you join a meeting. One of the first things it asks you is this, you know, the, the network, uh, you know, allow your network information, the, the, you know, the domain, public and private. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it'll say allow, and you try to click on that. If you don't have admin privileges, that you, you can't do it. So it's a catch-22, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's adding some extra challenge into the mix, yeah? Right. So then, then, so then you say, "Hey, okay, why don't you, you know, a VPN to, to the, you know, to 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 campus?" And and uh, they're like, "Okay, so where do I get it?" Oh, here, you know, you need the VPN software. You're back again into no. that same situation. <laughs> yeah, 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 and because it all happened very quickly, didn't it? It because... happened so fast. We had no time to like think about this, right? It was just immediate. Like, hey, we're we're done tomorrow. Everybody out. And you can't stand up in for a and just just give them the admin password, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we don't no, know what the no. admin passwords are on all these machines. Oh right, <laughs> right. It's not the same, right? It's all different. <laughs> well, they're lapse based, are they, or something, or I, you know, so they were imaged and stuff like that, right? At a, you know, there's no. a department that images them and you know puts whatever generic all separate, right, right. right. God, uh, how do you solve this problem, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll what we'll do, we'll we'll, uh, we'll throw that out to the to the community, and they can uh, they can start some chat on that. Yeah. Um. It's um. You're you're stuck in a position there. It's. You it, know, in the past, it, I had seen I had seen a tool. Um, I think it was like a third party tool someone had created, but it's no longer available, and it was something about give me admin or give me admin access or something like that. that the name of the tool was. So somehow you just ran this applet. It granted you temporary admin. Oh, access. Yeah. And, uh-huh. you know, so I'm wondering if there's something like that available out there. Yeah. You know, Do you know what? I, um, I, I did some work for um, a company where they had a similar tool. It was written in house and they, Gave it to all the users, so the user could go in and self-elevate to admin, and it just created application chaos across the estate. So when they moved to Windows 10, it it, it was just like, okay, we now yeah. need to order this, and we need to work out what the hell is going on. Right. It, it was, it, it, you know, more pain than it, it was necessary over time. 
Um, yeah, it's not, it's not like you want to grant them, like, you know, complete, um, you know, access for forever. It was just like one-off use cases, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Temporarily for the, for the day or for, the, for that particular application. Because the other thing that we're noticing, too, is that uh, some of these applications, like, I think it's even Teams that will also prompt you all, uh, for the Windows Defender exclusions. Uh, that will pop up, and you're like, and you can't exclude the path to the, the to the DLLs, right? It's it's uh it's very challenging, man. And is that keeping you busy then? All those very sort of things, yeah. All those ch- yeah. challenges, trying to trying to get around them, trying to to find a way to to uh, to solve it. Yeah, and you know, so I I thought I was like I was doing well. I said, hey, no problem. You know, we got. We have software center with, you know, uh, config manager and, and I can deploy applications that, you know, and users won't need um, admin rights and all that stuff. No problem. And then I discovered early last week, oh, wait, I can't, I'm not getting any policies or, or applications um, outside the network, like internet-based clients. And I'm like, wait, but I do have IBCM set up. I had it set up for years. And I know it was working. Like, what the hell happened? Right. <laughs> so yeah. all of a sudden, only like, when you get thrown into that scenario do you mm-hmm. find out that issue was was that the case? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm like, oh no, oh no, you know, I had a lifeline here. You know, this this would have been perfect. So oh. I can VPN into um, the network, no problem. It works, right? I'm I'm internal. I will remote in into a a VM that's internal, no problem. Everything works with Config Manager, but internet-based, nothing. While well, I open up a case and stuff like that with Microsoft, and we were going back and forth, and they were saying, "Oh, I think it's your certificate." I'm like, "No, it's not my certificate. Trust me, you know everything's fine." So it came down to some issues with IAS. Like, okay, what's what's going on with IAS and all that stuff? And and long story short, they ended up breaking my management point even further, and then we got it fixed. <laughs> But it came down to two things. One was a specific port that we weren't, we didn't realize was 11, 11, 512, 11 something. It was like a, um, it wasn't, it wasn't just 443 or, um, or port 80 that you need to open up on your firewalls at, you know, your border firewalls and stuff like that, yeah. right? It's this other, other one. It's in the documentation actually. It just popped yeah, up. Yeah, I know the one. Yeah. So we had to get that opened up. Okay, that's one. The other thing was that in your, we had to remove the checkbox for, uh, what is that? Check uh, uh, the CRL, uh, you know. Oh, uh, revocation. Yes, and that was yeah. checked. So okay. we unchecked that, open up the ports, refinagle stuff with, uh, you know, check the permissions and stuff like that in IAS and everything like that. And then... Things are working, but here's a caveat though. It only works after you VPN to your network and you run your machine policy and stuff. Once it once it does all that stuff, you disconnect, it will start working from that point on. Yeah. It needs to know it needs to it needs to talk to a management point, doesn't it? And get the right, policy exactly. and know about the existence of all this. Yeah. Exactly. So at least I got that part fixed, but now how do I communicate that with users, right? Hey, by the way, should we VPN? 
Yeah. And, oh, I haven't got the VPN software, <laughs> like you say. And I can't install it, so catch 22. Yeah. Challenging times and, you know, it's keeping you busy. That's the thing. So uh, how long have you been doing all this, Harjit? The oh, uh, the config God. manager stuff, Is it, 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 it? have you been working there for, for quite a while? Yeah, I've been at the, at the university for about just over 16 years. So I've been... I would say I was uh, at least I would say I've been using Config Manager for like fifteen years, maybe or so. Um, so right back to SMS days, or was yeah, it around yeah, time? started yeah. with SMS, and then and then two thousand seven, um, then that's 2000. when I hopped on board around that time. I didn't really touch SMS, but I didn't at all touch SMS. So yeah, I was on the SMS days, and then I started with that. <clears throat> and then yeah, 2007. And then when we implemented, because I switched departments at that time, and so we implemented 2007 mainly for endpoint manager, not for to do anything else, right? Because we were switching over from Symantec and McAfee and all that fun stuff, right? We're like, hey, why why do we want to pay all that stuff when we can get it for free? And it so we that's why we implemented uh, SCCM 2007. And then that turned into 2012, and then right 2012 R2, and and now here we are with current branch, and it's been great. It's been awesome. I love it. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now we can uh, quite easily upgrade, thankfully. Um, yeah. with the current branch, yeah. it's just it's just a breeze these days, isn't it? Oh yeah. Um, I've only managed to uh, break one environment <laughs> really early on. And luckily it was a dev environment with the upgrade and the, the Microsoft product group, um, Aaron, in particular, picked up on something. I I, I posted a message, this is pre-MVP days, on a, uh, I think it was the, um, gosh, IT, my, IT forum, I can't remember which it was. Um, anyway, he'd monitored this scene that this I'd got this particular error message upgrading from the first CB version to the second. And he was like, Oh, we've not seen this one before. Yeah. So they jumped straight on it. And it was like, okay, wow. Um, and it was the product group being really interested in something they hadn't seen you right. know, and trying to work out why, uh, why it had happened. So, Obviously, I had to go through the, the channels with, with Microsoft and log in a call mm-hmm. and everything, but it, it got pushed through to them very quickly, and and they were on it, and, and it was like, well, this is cool. Um, uh, you know, and they've refined the process so much that, you know, when we look at upgrading Windows 10, we go, geez, you know, is this going to work for me? What do I need? I need to check my apps. I need to check my drivers. I need to do a whole host of work. But with Config Manager, we're pushing this out every three months and not really caring at all. Right. Um, right. Because it's, it's, it just works, doesn't it? It's, yeah. it's lovely. I really. had, um, what I what I like about, you know, where we are now with Config Manager and stuff and the team is, um, you know, all the telemetry stuff that they collect, right? So I can't remember which version it was. And I did an upgrade, and you know, obviously through the updates and servicing um, uh, module. And uh, <clears throat> for some reason or another, I had <clears throat> some uh, SQL errors. I had a SQL issue, and uh, it wasn't a compatibility thing. It was uh, I can't remember what it was. Anyway, so I'm like, oh man, you know what's going on here? And I think I tweeted or something like that, and I said, hey, is anybody else having this 
next thing you know, David James actually jumped on and he said, hey, you know, send me this information by email, send me your support ID for your for your site. And it looks like you are you're one of the three people um, that is having this issue. So we were trying to figure yeah. out who it is. Like they knew there was these, <laughs> right? But they didn't know who, right? And I was one of them. Yeah. And it, it was pretty quick. I mean, they, they already had the data. They knew what to do. They sent me the fix and I was good to go. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, <clears throat> you know, it, I find it amazing that, that they're monitoring to that level. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, David obviously is active in the community anyway, uh, yeah. and he's always interested in in seeing stuff like this. But you know, that this is a thing. If you're if you have a problem, um, I've almost started uh, going into an A team thing there. If if you have a problem and there's no one else to help, <laughs> maybe you can call the product group. But um, yeah, so ultimately, and our, the, and our know, community you, is also very, very good. Though I mean, we are a very a tight knit uh, community, especially the com- config manager folks, right? We're, like you, myself, and a bunch of others. Like we always, we're always chatting, we're always connecting, we're always like, "Hey, I got this issue. Can you help me out? You know, whatever." I mean, yeah. So, I mean, that's what it's all about, isn't it? I mean, this is, right. you know, uh, yeah, this is going back years now just trying to find answers for things and seeing people in the community and um obviously pre-twitter days but um right. I, I mean i never used twitter i used to think what the hell is this didn't have a clue because uh, in my you're you know in my in my eyes you're you are the king of the social media aren't you that's you know you're all over it and um you know just just started on twitter i can't remember who said oh go on it give it a go and um and, oh, oh there's a bunch of people on here and they're all chatting about the same thing with you know figuring out what the hell these hashtags meant you know being getting a bit old you know it's all for the kids right. isn't it it's like now now i'm all over it and i'm uh, my wife's going can you get off the bloody twitter oh yeah if i if anybody wants to wants to join just the one social media uh platform i would always say do twitter i mean yeah. it's short it's sweet it's good it's fast the community is great, um, you, you, and you, and people listen. You know, like I use it even for my personal life. Like, for example, you know, if I'm dealing with my phone company or uh, the airlines or you know anything like that, right? <clears throat> I'll reach out through Twitter because they know if you do that, and if they don't react to it, that the negative impact that will cost their companies is is huge, right? So I always get resolutions that way through Twitter. So it's it's amazing. It's that visibility, isn't it? It's out there if you've if you've got that complaint. And I mean, I tend to find um, that in the community, um, there's well, in our community, because Twitter can be horrible at times. There's there doesn't seem to be that element of nastiness at all. Uh, everyone's working together. There's pretty cool people on there. There's no one trolling and mucking about that I've found. Um, hopefully that's not going to be opening the floodgates for, for tr- <laughs> trolling my account. But, yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it, it really is a good bunch of people. I don't see any – I don't know if you've any, had any bad times via Twitter or anything no, like that. With no, people. everybody's pretty good. Well, it almost seems like well-behaved on Twitter, right? Compared yeah. to Facebook. You know, your Facebook, you get – you know. Right. Is it all? Uh, yeah. yeah. So Facebook. I'm really not. So I had a Facebook account years ago. I got bored of looking at people's food, and I got bored <laughs> of people's 
here's a picture of all my kids on a holiday. Right. And I was like, well, I'm not interested, really not. And so I just called it and then I reactivated it to help promote the, the website. Well, so the thing um, about Facebook, I'll give you my, how I use it. Like my regular account, I use it for just fun stuff for my own, right? And, you know, if, hey, if you're my friend or whatever, if whatever junk I posted, that's what it is, is what it is, right? And then the way I do all my professional stuff is all within groups. And I'm more active in closed groups rather than public groups. So, for example, my Tech Connect, uh, you know, group and there's several SCCM groups. Um, right, and there's Azure, there's Intune, there's you know a new has a bunch of uh, groups as well, and um, so that's how I do my stuff. It's all within the groups because everything's contained there, you know. So you know who you're dealing with. Number one, they're your same type of people, right? Same IT professionals, kind of a thing. And then your outsiders, who are your regular friends and your, you know, your kids and your whoever, you know, they are not involved with this. They don't see the discussions. They so don't see this other stuff that you do because they don't need to. So that's that's how if, if you're going to use Facebook, start doing that. Use it. Use it in closed groups. Uh, you could create one for your for your podcast, uh, you know, whatever you call it, like jerks. Uh, right. Yeah. And, Just a and couple then, of jerks. And then create, yeah, a couple of jerks, and then and then you know, uh, uh, close it. You know, don't keep it a a public group, and then you can post your podcast there as well, and um, have some. So you're straight on it there with the, with the, you're right with the social straight away, Harjit. You know, you, you've been there many <laughs> times. It's how how your mind's working. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've managed. To, I've created a website. So I've done the website. I'm now on. Uh, got the podcast on all the platforms so we've got the spotify we've got soundcloud itunes tune in so we covered oh, yeah. covered all the bases there so but it's um yeah you know i'm using twitter to promote it so maybe facebook's next but i, I just kept away from it and i think you're 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 a friend uh, on facebook i've got maybe three others if that uh, and I keep I'm lucky yeah, then. So, hey, hey, privileged. <laughs> yeah, I'm privileged. I just dismiss everyone else. I just can't be bothered with it. And uh, you know, it's uh, to me. It's also there's information overload as well. So um, I struggle to keep up with everything. And Twitter's enough for me. So if I then go to Facebook, and I'd have all these other things coming in, and then I have Slack and all you know, all these different things. I just haven't got the time and. Right, but I mean, you 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 moderate, so Tech Connect's your thing, isn't it? And do do right. you moderate any other um, groups at Facebook as well? Yeah, I do. I moderate uh, the uh, the one with Anoop, the SCCM Config Manager Professionals one. Oh, you part of that as well, right? Okay. Yeah, and I moderate a bunch of others too. Um, I mean, I've been a bunch of those, uh, some local ones. I've got a, a one for my own town that I manage for the community, and then I've got one for the state of Vermont for roads. It's called VT Roads. So it's all about, I think I've got like over 30,000 people in that one where people will Jeez. like post about, you know, road conditions and closed roads and crashes and, you know, things like That's that. That's more so, interesting than config manager by the set. <laughs> yeah, it's a different, different <laughs> vibes. And, but it, the, 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 it's very interesting because the groups that are non-technical 
I find them, they're much more challenging to manage because you're dealing with very pure people's personalities. Like mm-hmm. people just, you know, like the technical side, people are very straightforward. Like, hey, yep. So what is it you don't understand about this uh, this thing about, I don't know, Windows 10? Well, what, do you, what are your issues? Well, what are you running into? What's your error? Okay, boom, that's it, right? But whereas when you're dealing with the external people, they are like, oh, yeah, you know, they start talking politics, they start talking religion, they start giving you their own personal two cents about something. And you're like, this has nothing to do with anything. Like, just take your business elsewhere, right? Like, I'm done with this. Because now what you're doing is that you are creating a very hostile environment for the rest of your members of that group. So this this does that go back to what I was saying about Twitter about the the community kind of you don't have them in Twitter. Be... Twitter is that's that's why I love Twitter. It's 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 that's what you see is what you get. That's it. That's all. You know. Yeah. And but, in but fact, the, the in community fact, itself, act, you know, right? Do you know what I mean? It's and kind of, start, it's kind of like, um, like you know, if you start acting like douchebags, like what some people do on Facebook, and if you yeah. do that on Twitter, you'll get a backlash. People will, right. will will happen, you know, and <laughs> and the spread is even even higher, right? I mean, you know, if you if you have two thousand followers and you post something and it goes out to them, and then if they have two thousand followers, it just keeps growing that way, right? Spread well, so yeah. Fast. Well, we're seeing that in real life with metrics and exponential growth, aren't we? It's, right, uh, right. Yeah, things happen very very quickly. So how much time do they take up for for you on a on, you know on a, on a sort of day to day level? Is it is it a few is it you know a few minutes or is it an hour or two? What to manage all my social media stuff? Well, the Facebook stuff I mean, in particular, you know, just it's you've got not, a few, quite a few. I got it. I basically I've been doing it for for a while now, and I've I've got the the the, the tips and tricks on how to do them. So it's. Not very difficult for me, actually, to be honest with you. I, you know, I get alerts, you know, and then I react to the ones I feel like, oh, yeah, this one's good or this one's not good and oh, this one can wait or something like that. Or I'll just like close, you know, I'll have approvals set for posts so that, you know, they have to, they have to wait in a, in a DMZ before I can approve them or, or delete them kind of a thing. Or I'll just close like commenting or something like that. So when things get ugly on a on a particular post. So I got I got I know how to do it. So it doesn't take me a lot of like uh, effort really. Okay. That's that's quite interesting. I thought it would be consuming, to be honest. Um uh, it, it it's I mean you've obviously got it down to a T, so it, it helps and but I kind of thought you'd have to go in, read everything into my in my new detail, have a think about it, no. that kind of stuff. No, no. that's why you gloss over my I, comments. You know, yeah. and, and then I'll have people like they'll report like posts or comments, and then <clears throat> okay, I'll react to that. And <clears throat> sometimes, depending on the type of groups that I have, like you know, let's say my local town, I know like certain posts. If I approve those, that's going to generate a lot of drama, a lot of like negativity so i'll just like immediately i just won't even approve those because I, I i have a sense of it already now like what what's going to work and what's not going to work right and, 
you know, and then sometimes I'm just like, for the sake of, you know, humor, I'll just let some things go and I know they're going to get ugly and I'll just <laughs> let them have it. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, yeah. kill you each you other. You got the the devil and the angel on your shoulders. Yeah, you go yeah, yeah. the button. No, don't do it. Yeah, do it. You know, go for it. And you're go in the door smiling. Oh, right, this one's going to cause. Let some me know if you guys had enough, and I'll take care of it then. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did yeah. I did I approve that? Well, I'm really sorry. Let's just retract that. <laughs> so you really, you were going to ask me uh, about my background. Oh, I'm going to ask you about about your background. I'm absolutely because I mean so. Go on, tell me about your background then. So let's go back. So I was going to kind of say when you were talking about your role, your job, you know, was IT what you wanted to do? Is, is so? What is your background, Harshit? So I, I'm, I'm, I was born in uh, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. That's where I was born and raised. And um, so when I was around uh, 18 years old, I had an opportunity to go to Canada because my my brother had gone there before, then my sister was there and stuff like that. So it was like a very common thing in Southeast Asia for families to send their children overseas, like uh, to Australia, UK, um, and uh, US and Canada. These four countries were like, you know, one of the, you know, they would, they would send to uh, their kids there because of, you know, education in, in, in Malaysia and stuff like that is wasn't, didn't come by easily and stuff, right? So I had like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm I want to do computer science. That's that's my 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 thing, and that's what I want to do. So when I <laughs> when I arrived in Canada and I went to college, immediately I number one I was dealing with culture shock. I was like, yeah. holy cow, what is this? Who are these? So people? you're you're like, eighteen, you say? Uh, I was eighteen, right? You know, and yeah. I never I never experienced winter before, and I was I was like right <laughs> smack in winter, and I'm like, what Jeez. the heck is this? Like, what have I know, signed I'm, up to? Yeah, you know, I was like, this is so cold. And, and I was living in the dorms and my roommates were like, you know, kind of jerks. And, you know, because they were like, you know, critique my food that I was cooking because I didn't know anything right. better, right? I'm like, I'm cooking the same way I, I did back in Malaysia. And I realized, well, you can't really do that because it stinks the place. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you so, you so, can't really so, cook curry because, you know, it'll... You know, in, in, you know, infiltrate into everything, and so I'm like, yeah. okay, sorry guys, sorry guys, you know, whatever. And so I learned <laughs> were it that way. You feeling a bit out of place there with, with all that? Were you kind of, <laughs> you, were you settling in well, or you know, just thinking I'm a fish out of water a bit? I was a fish out of water a bit, and then <clears throat> so it took me a little while. Then I managed to find a couple of friends who were very interested in my background. They were like, hey, you know. I want to be your friend, you know, I want to learn all about your, you know, Malaysia. Do you guys have McDonald's there? Do you have this? Do you have that? You know, whatever. And so it was fine. I, I adjusted really quick. Um, so the way I got into this whole IT thing was that um, my brother who was living in Australia, he was starting to, he started doing some business, his own business uh, engagements and stuff like that. He moved down to, uh, Singapore, and then he called me down. And he said, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm starting this some business ventures in Indonesia. Uh, why don't you come down and help me out? I'll put you up. I'll give you, you know, you'll have a nice life, and I'll pay you a salary." I'm like, "Sure, good." So I went down. You know, I had, you know, I was living the the good life. I had a I had a driver. I had maids. I had 
you know, it was amazing. It was like a, really a good time. Yeah, what age? Yeah. At this point. I Were was you in your twenties. I was in my twenties. I was yeah. I was in my twenties. Uh, All right. We like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air being chauffeured around, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it was easy for me because number one, I speak the languages, right? So I speak yeah. over five languages. I speak really? English, Malay, Indonesian, Punjabi, Hindi, and a little bit of French. So for me, it wasn't it wasn't difficult. So four and I knew <laughs> Five. I'm joking. I'm a little bit of friends. Four and a half. No, no I'm, I'm impressed. I'm mocking it. <laughs> so, so I know the cultures. I know how they do business. I know how they right. So it was it was pretty simple for me. Um, so from there, I started supporting. Um, you know, um, you know, uh, machine like laptops and stuff like that, and you know, um, uh, using like satellite systems for internet connection, and oh, because gotcha. we were all because uh, we had to go out in the remote sites, right into the yeah. into the almost like a jungle like situation, you know, set up camp and you know do all that stuff. So I started getting my foot wet that way. Then I then things started getting ugly because of the you know the ousted the uh, the former president uh, of the country, Suharto, who was okay. who ruled the country for many, many, many years. So everything shut down. So I came back. And one thing led to another, I started working in the hotel line. I was uh, you know, a front desk manager and all that stuff. And there was this company uh, based out of New Jersey, and they started sending out their, their texts to all these hotels because they were changing computer systems and the reservation systems. They were like modernizing it and stuff like that. So this one guy came to my hotel where I was working at and he said, you know, I'm trying to help him out. And I'm like, Hey, you know, what about this? You know, no, you know, what about that? You know, and click here, no click there. And, oh wait, you know, you got this RJ 45, you know, all that stuff. And he looked at me, he says, dude, you know, you're really good at this. You know, are you interested in a job like this? I said, sure. Yeah, whatever. So he brought my resume back. And within two days, I got called. They flew me down to New Jersey, did an interview. I got hired. And then I started traveling around the country, all over the country. I was gone for like seven days, sometimes 15 days. I'd be home for one or two, then gone again. You know, this went on for about a year. And it started getting a bit difficult at that time uh, for my family because my, my my daughter was really, really young. She was just, uh, I think she was oh, okay. Very so I was young. gonna say, is it, were you, 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 I was gonna say, were you a single guy at that time? Obviously no, no, not. no. And and so my wife was having challenges with that, and like just you know. Yeah. So I finally left, and then I did some certifications at a local training center, and then I found out through someone who was there as well doing the same coursework that they had an op- opening at the one of the. You know, elementary schools, right? Uh, uh, yeah. You know, the K to 12 schools. So I said, hey, yeah, sure. You know, so I went in there, started, you know, from the ground up um, as a tech and all that. And then moved up to like a network admin and stuff. And then eventually I landed the job at the at the university. And I've been there ever since. Um, yeah. And I've moved into like different roles, right? Level one tech support, level two, then sysadmin, then senior sysadmin. And. So. Yeah, <laughs> works your way through, yeah. Yeah, exactly, and you know, and I do yeah. consulting work on the side too, um, and uh, stuff like that. So, and you, because you, Vermont is where you live, 
yeah, yeah. You've, that's uh, near to Canada. Is that right? Oh, I'm I'm just about Near-ish. thirty minutes. I'm thirty minutes from the Canadian border. I'm very close to Montreal. It's just about just over an hour from where I am. So. And is that where you were living um, before you got this job, or yes. did you move? Right. Right. Okay. So I was living in Canada. I was living in Toronto first, then Ottawa. Finally, in Montreal, where I um, I was living with my wife, and then uh, then we moved down to Vermont. Yeah. Oh. And what is Vermont about then? Is it quite a big place? Uh, obviously, we know it from it's the not sun. a big state, it's, and it's not very populated. It's like one of the least populated states in the in the in the U.S. It's very open, very green, very mountainous. Um, it's nice. I mean, you know, people are very friendly, very nice. Um, it's very popular with tourists uh, because it's very environmental friendly and. There's a lot of maple syrup and things like that here. So you know, you, you know about Ben and Jerry's ice cream, right? Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's 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 uh, created here in Vermont. It's the okay. Factory, the the original factory is still here, and it's only about an hour from my place. Uh, have, uh-huh. Yeah. So, so that's is does that pull in tourists as well? Do they come in? You know, when we go to Seattle, there's the the original oh, Starbucks. So the Ben and Jerry's factory. Out, huh? Is the number one tourist spot, tourist destination in Vermont. Number and you've got one. all that beautiful scenery, but that's number one, yeah. It's it's just <laughs> the way it's located, the the drive uh, way it is. It's in the just by the town of Stowe, and Stowe is a very kind of ritzy kind of uh, you know uh, uh, town where you get a lot of celebrities and things like that that go down for skiing and you know it's a very expensive place uh but everybody wants to go to ben and jerry's factory um so that's, that's, the place what, to that's be. one of the yeah they have i think we'd be going there if we were to visit day. yeah <laughs> the kids definitely you know this oh ben and jerry's yeah, yeah be there yeah. for that but i mean i've seen some pictures you've take to take quite a few pictures of of uh yourself when you're out and about and it seems to be. I mean, it looks fantastic scenery-wise. Looks looks really beautiful. And um, yeah, and actually, I looks... did. I um, I've um, I've also considered myself a professional photographer. So I used to do you know just basic landscapes and stuff you know in the past, and then I started doing portraits, and then then that get in got into you know wedding photography and then events photography and so on and so forth, and and then eventually I got some gigs um uh, to do um what do you call it freelance photojournalism uh so i okay. get contacted by the local newspapers and they'll say hey could you go and cover this event and then send us a picture so you know can you go do this and do that and i would do that and you know so i'm always published in the paper and stuff like that um so i gave up Is all that the wedding you still do then I still do that from time to time. Yeah, not not that often. Is I don't do it for the money because they don't they don't pay much. I just do it just to keep my skills and stuff, um, and and to get out a little bit. But um, yeah, um, so I did that, and I don't do wedding photography and stuff like that anymore. That's just too much work. Um, yeah. So then, yeah. So the other thing I do is uh, Instagram. I've got a an Instagram account, which is just, uh, you know, Instagram.com slash Hodget. And, uh, um, okay. and it's just, is my, is, is definitely my, my creative 
portfolio, I would say. Like I, everything that I do on Instagram is taken from my phone, my iPhone, and it's mm-hmm. processed in my phone as well. I use like apps and stuff like that. And then yeah. I upload it. So I don't do anything with Photoshop or with a digital uh, SLR or camera, anything like that. It's all, you know, legit, done with the phone, processed in the phone, uploaded. So you should check that out too. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. I've, I mean, I don't have an Instagram account. So I was actually chatting to someone last week. I said, you must do Instagram. Um, <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, I'm not exactly going to be pouting in front of the mirror with my phone. And, blah. and he said, no, no. <laughs> Check it out, and um, yeah, I, I, I must take a look at that. And is it is it a mix of images? Then what kind of what, are you focused on? Certain so I got so Vermont is or? Vermont is well known uh, for the fall foliage, right? The when the changing mm-hmm. of the leaves and stuff, especially in the okay. late September, early October. So during non-COVID uh, nineteen days, <laughs> we have like all the hotels are full. We have tourists that come from Japan, China, Europe, um, you know, by the bus loads. And they mm-hmm. do these tours because the leaves are just changing. And so I do a lot of like foliage, you know, all the different seasons, right? So foliage, the winter pictures. Um, uh, so I'll do some artistic stuff, like I'll manipulate some pictures with some apps just to give it a little twist. Um, yeah, things like that. It, it, it... So it's a lot of scenery stuff then, yeah? It's not uh, portrait or no. uh, people and that, yeah? Oh, no. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know one thing, when, when we're at the summit, you the, you know, your your, your your photo taking never stops. I know, <laughs> you're, constant, right? you're running around, you're snapping away. Uh, <laughs> and if you're not snapping people, it's it's a selfie with someone. Come on, have a selfie with yeah. that thing. And, you know, and you're, and you're running around. Really... Yeah, MVP Summit is really, really tough because, you know, I'm usually like wherever I go, I'm always snapping like a ton of photos, right? About this and that, about people and stuff like that. And, you know, we have to do the whole NDA thing at MVP Summit. So you're like, all right, so I can't take pictures here. I know that's legit. Well, can I take pictures in the hallway? Well, better not, you know, can I take pictures of this? poster or whatever you know like so it's so you like you gotta always go with careful yeah you gotta be careful and you gotta go with the mindset that no everything is forbidden unless otherwise (laughs) stated right so you're always like outside the buildings taking pictures or whatever and stuff like that so yeah mvp some of the stuff Yeah, yeah. I, but I, you were also uh, were you part of a social team for Ignite or something? Am I, am I right? Yes, yes, I did that. that. <clears throat> yeah, I did that a couple of times. I was part of the um, the first community reporters. Um, uh, they selected a couple of years ago, so I was the first batch, yeah. and um, so we went around did interviews and things like that, and and then I've I've uh, I managed the the. Uh, you know, on day one for the live live event at uh, at Ignite, uh, you know, we would post uh, tweets and stuff that would come from the from attendees from the community, right? So I mm-hmm. was up there on the stage with uh, Seth Seth Juarez, um, uh, you know, people like that, <clears throat> and I would sit there and I would correlate all these tweets that are coming through, and I'll save the ones that are really really funny or really good or had some nice messaging and stuff like that, 
And then they will switch it over and say, okay, you know what, let's go to our social media desk and what do we have for tweets and stuff, you know? So then we project them out cool. and then they show up on a big screen. Yeah, so I did that I, at least a couple of times, I think. <clears throat> so it's fun. Yeah, I think you uh, you always seem to be like one of the top posters on the social side anyway. Yeah, I do kill it every year, though. I do. <laughs> There's a little league table, and Harge, it's number one. Microsoft second. <laughs> well, you know, you know. Speaking of of that, you know, you know how this thing all started blowing up for me with uh, with Ignite and stuff is that <clears throat> when I first started attending TechEd back in 2013, it was in New Orleans. So I started using Twitter because I was like, I, I carried a laptop, I think on, on pre-day or something like that. And I was so sick of it because of my battery was running out. There was no place to put it on. You know, you had to put it on your lap and you, you know, so cumbersome. So then I decided to say, wait, that's Twitter. And there's these hashtags for each session, right? So I started tweeting uh, stuff that I was listening to in sessions. Either I would take pictures of slides or or just like note what the instructor would say and then hashtag it with the, you know, BRK1234, whatever that session name is. Yeah. And I started doing that. And then I noticed other people start following what I was doing and were also using the same hashtag. Those That became our note taking um, via Twitter. So what it is, is that when you come back home, and you do a search on Twitter for that particular hashtag, you get everything that you posted, and not only what you posted, what other people posted too. Yeah, you see, so that's, that's how. So that's how I started taking notes, and that's how I was doing it at all events um, that would I would go to. And that's, that's what I pretty... teach people too. I said, don't bother. You know, yeah, sure, you can do one note and stuff like that. That's great, but hey, if you're using Twitter. Not only that you're capturing these notes for yourself, but you're helping other people too. I've just learned something from you there. So <laughs> that's, right? that's the way to do it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I've never really thought about it in that in those terms. So Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so Crazy. because sometimes, you know, when we are in like sessions and stuff, you know, we're not always paying attention, right? You you listen something, your mind drifts off somewhere else. Then you come back. And Particularly you know, when I'm talking, yeah? yeah. <laughs> when I'm presenting, no one's right. listening. <laughs> so, so, but what happens is that when you look, when you pull up some of these hashtags, you're like, oh, wait. Wait, somebody else captured something that the instructor said that I totally missed. I didn't even yeah. hear it. You know? So you're like, that's great. That's awesome. Or you, they'll post links or they'll post a screenshot of a of the screen that you know that went by really fast but they managed to capture it you know things like that so based on the performance of my phone and the way it's useless at taking photographs they're on to about slide <laughs> 10 by the time my phone's cranked up so, oh, missed it all missed it all yeah. that's, pretty, that's pretty good thinking actually i'm gonna have to start to do that actually if and you, if you do, me a huge amount of time yeah and if you do any uh, like user groups and stuff like that in your location and you know, if you want to try to capture screens, um, I don't know, slides or stuff like that, you know, uh, one app play, uh, app that I would suggest is uh, Office Lens, Microsoft oh, yeah, Office yeah. Lens. You know, it's on your Androids and your iPhones, and it's great. I mean, you can be on the side, you know, you don't have to be straight on. You can be on the side. It does, it's AI rendering, whatever it does. Yeah, right? it converts it all, doesn't it? It's oh pretty cool. God. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah, yeah. Target, the MVP program, we mentioned going to the summit and things like that. Now, you've yeah. been on board the program just prior to myself getting on board. I think you're 2017 <clears throat> as well, aren't you? That's, yeah, I'm 2017, right? yeah. I think January 2017 when I got mine. Okay, so I'm I'm July, um, so six months later. So you're Windows and Devices, is that right? Windows and Devices, yes, for IT. Yeah. So what, what does that... Uh, programming. Uh, what is it? What's it about? Is it you know, Windows I, 10? I, I feel. I feel that I. I don't know because I think. I'm obviously I'm a config manager admin. That's what I do day in and day out, right? And stuff yeah. like that. So I also obviously with with that with that said, you're also managing Windows, uh, systems and you know whether it's servers and you know, desktops and stuff like that. But I found that. Um, you know, I know I realized at the end, like, you know, there is a criteria to get the designation as the uh, config manager MVP, or then they changed it to, what was that, EMS or something like yeah. that, and so on. And yeah. now it's just yeah. changing it to something else, right? So I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter. You know, I'm still doing the same things anyways. It's 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 fine. It's just that um, you guys have a different distribution list and stuff like that that is closed in for... Um, the config manager admins, right? And and into and stuff. So hey, you know, but I still I'm still able to connect with you guys on, on Teams and the PGI calls and stuff like that. So basically Windows for devices for IT covers anything about Windows really, right? Um I mean we do I do a lot of testing for like all the insider builds, uh things like that that, that comes through the 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 tap program. Um, same and is a lot of it based around modern management as well. Is it around the yeah, yeah, modern management? Plan. You know, uh, imaging and patching. Patching is something that I'm really passionate about. I really enjoy, um, uh, and I feel I'm really good at it. <laughs> uh, so you know, yeah, I'm I'm always talking about patching or you know, sharing about it or telling people to avoid certain patches. You know, here's why. And things like yeah, that. Yeah, I think I've seen a few of your tweets like that that have helped yeah. me uh, in yeah. the past. I mean, I, I, I'm I more of an OSD guy, which I'm becoming a bit of a dinosaur, I suppose, now with autopilot and things like that right. uh, in, in the mix. So we, we change, we adapt, but yeah. patching has never been my focus. Uh, I'm doing some stuff around patching yeah. at the moment. I do. Um, yeah, so OSD is not my big cup of tea. Um, I know a bunch of you are really, really very good at it and, and that's something you really really focus that's not something i focus a lot uh, mine i focus a lot on patch management uh on application management i do deploy a lot of applications i manage them that way um yeah you know i still i still have a mdt environment for light touch which still works for my users and that's what they used to so hey that's that's good I do oh, there's some... a lot of MDT out there still. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been working with a few um, uh, trusts, the NHS trust in the UK, where um, they have MDT. They haven't got the money to throw at config managers. So, yeah. how do they, you know, how do they build windows? How do they um, get stuff out there? And, yep. um, and, and, it, and it's, it does the job, but it becomes trickier with Windows 10. Uh, oh yeah, around oh, yeah. around the um, 
the upgrade side of things and how to to manage that you know and not having the ability to build a hierarchy as such as well which um, you have with obviously config manager you can put key roles in certain places the uh, upgrade is definitely a challenge you know it's um, even from one bill of windows 10 to another right it's it's at the end of the day like it's what is the impact on the end user are they going to sit there wait you know how long are they going to wait before the thing spins and says you know waiting for upgrade and hold on we are going to be right back and you know things like that i mean that alone causes problems right that's when you get all your help desk calls and stuff like when is the right time to push out an upgrade so it's yeah. not just as simple as you know some environments they're much more tighter and leaner or you know they got much more controls and they they can dictate that stuff but when you're talking about places like higher education universities things like that you can't do that you can't just like hey i'm pushing out um 1909 whether you like it or not and it's going to happen you know and you get yeah. you'll get a backlash because like no we are teaching a class no i'm in meetings no i'm doing presentation no i'm running a um experimental lab for something right yeah yeah it's really really tough it's tricky and i don't know do you do you have lots of applications that can cause you problems for, for upgrades or is it fairly simple to kind of test upgrades and get them out, not get them out there, but you know, that capability of actually upgrading, is it simple for you or is it? Oh, no, no, no. Those applications upgrades are, are, uh, yeah, those are tough. Um, Yeah. I know. So so you'll be limiting, uh, I assume the amount of upgrades you do, you'll be sort of taking it right to the max for, for support line or, support life um or do you just go actually we'll try this every 12 months i've been doing so i've been, i've been in my environment we are they they for some reason some of these distributed it people they'll ask for hey so 1903 came out can we get the iso can we get can we get it in light touch and i'm like yeah okay but it just came out like let it sit for a little while you know and, and then hey 1909 came out and we won that and so I end up having like a lot of different versions in there now, yeah, like out in yeah. the out in the wild. So I've been using like Config Manager, uh, uh, like like the feature, what do you call it, the uh, servicing. Yeah, the Windows 10 servicing module. Um, yeah. And Config Manager, I've been trying to like upgrade some of the older older builds, and just pushing it out there, making it available first for X period of time, and then. After a while, like, hey, it's going to happen, you know. Um, so I do what, it. In what like, about the testing process, though, Touch? So how how long would you be testing for? Do do you do um do you do any testing first? Do you do like compat scan stuff or anything like that, or telemetry? I do. I have I have there? like several systems in my in my disposal, so I test those. Right, I'll I'll do as best I can, but I can't always duplicate what the end users have. Right, so I may only have. 10 applications that they have 25 or they have five but the five that they have are the one of the worst ones that they you know you can imagine right so i can only do the testing on my own stuff and say okay i know the the upgrade process works that's all that matters to me you know it's yeah i know it's working from config manager i know it'll it'll receive the update and it'll it will install it and that's it that's all and if there's any like issues then we'll deal with them on a one-off basis 
Right. Yeah, because otherwise you're going to be at yeah. it. 24/7. Otherwise, you'll just you'll just stay in your test uh, test space forever. You never get out of your test space. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a challenge. I mean, it's you know, it's it's time, resource, and cost ultimately, isn't it? For, for yeah. people that there's a lot of a lot of um, you know time you could spend on this. Therefore, the cost goes up. The resources are limited. Uh, a lot of IT. Yeah, um, companies stretched as it is already to then throw this into the mix. It's, and, it's you know, a real challenge. One of the other issues that you deal with uh, is encryption. So things like BitLocker. So if you're using things like task sequences and stuff, you know, which is what most recommend to do. But I find that sometimes when I do task sequences, you know, it doesn't uh, honor the the you know the disable. BitLocker before it does what it needs to do and then re-enable. Like I think there's like a one reboot, uh, you know, uh, allowance or something like that, right? And then if after if it has multiple reboots, the you know BitLocker kicks in again, and then you know, so you run into a lot of issues like that. So I find like when you're doing like the like in-place upgrades through through you know the the servicing or or, or just having the end users download it from Windows updates, it 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 will take care of all of that stuff. Like it knows what to do with BitLocker. It just does it. In my opinion, anyway. Yeah. That's... Yeah. It, it, I, I mean, where whenever you do this, you've got to kind of test out the scenarios, haven't you? Really, right. and before you, before you implement them, it's, that's that that element of testing first. You know what works for you in in your business, and um, which one is is right for you because um there are pros and cons of each you know it's uh for example the the, the feature update it's more user friendly isn't it it's more uh, i'm not going to enforce this reboot and i'm not i'm not going to take over your computer for two hours and that exactly. sort of thing so you, you've got to go through the motions and the testing and then that and then start to implement and then pick up the pieces where things go wrong but try and mitigate as much as you can but it goes back to those three things, resource, time, and cost. How much time are you going to spend on this? Because the cost is going to go up, but you don't want to be breaking things. Ultimately, that's the challenge. It's a tricky one. Exactly. And it's always yeah. interesting to see how how different people are, are kind of working with it and how they cope with it. I mean, the guys, we know Gary and Mike do a lot of work around. Oh um, yeah. They're brilliant. Yeah, Gary Block and Mike Tyrrell do a lot of work around IP. And it's amazing the stuff they come up with, and it's really appreciative because you can tap into all that, and then you go, well, actually, do I need to take all of that? Probably not, because I'm going to make things very, very complex for the standard admin. Um, right. But I'm going to I'm going to take elements of that. I'm going to use it, um, and other people's solutions, you know, uh, and, and make them work for yourself. Um, but it's it's time consuming it's tricky uh and ultimately all you want to do at the end of the day is just upgrade your windows 10 and it, some some people i've worked with in the past have gone oh well you know um i uh, i've got it at home and i upgraded my home pc and that that did it for me in 20 minutes why can't we why can't we kick this out and upgrade it you know? <laughs> yeah oh slightly and then you're dealing with drivers you're dealing with peripherals you're dealing with yeah so the corporate Apps. environment, the enterprise environment is so tough, right? Like you, you, if you have like someone has like a, um, I don't know, 
a dongle for something that is plugged in while you're doing a, doing an upgrade, and oh, that can yeah. cause it to fail. Or they have yeah. it in a docking station, it could have it fail. There's so many variables. Like it's like, geez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And how many devices are you looking after then, Arjit? About five thousand, off and on. No, that's a, it's a fair, it's a fair chunk to deal with. Then you, you, you get your yeah. fair share of success and problems with them. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I do all the patch management too. So I deploy all the patches on a monthly basis to all my servers and and what. And you're things. still smiling. Yeah. After <laughs> yeah. through it all, well done. But you know, this is what I do. So you know, on Patch Tuesday week, I'm always like monitoring you know the feeds the you know twitter and forums and you know listservs and everything like that to find out uh, is there something bad has anybody reported something you know wait hold on there is some reports is this just isolated or is it you know so i gotta be really fast because in my organization we are very aggressive with patching we don't wait right straight out yeah yeah it's like two days and boom they go on our service like you know we are very heavy on security and uh, and then we we make it mandatory for workstations like the following week like on monday so yeah you learn you know like different uh from trial and error like what works for your environment you know we used to be really aggressive for end users then we realized wait yeah we're forcing reboots and stuff like that during you know while they're trying to do things um or is breaking some of the experiments that they're running for two days and now you suddenly reboot it. So we would like make them like, you know, available for the first first week and then we'll say, you know, it's gonna become mandatory the following Monday or Tuesday at five o'clock in the morning. So you can install your own patches, you know, before then or we're gonna force it. So we kind of train our users that way. So they That's kinda, quite cool. Yeah. So it took yeah, a while. Give them a bit, bit, bit of choice and let them feel yeah. in control. Right. So we say it's yeah. not you're never go, not going to have patches. You're going to have patches and you're going to have reboots. But here's what we can work with. We'll give you some control, but this is all we can do. You know. Because at the end of the day, you're looking out for the for your best interest of your organization's security, right? Yeah, so yeah, one compromise system, your entire your entire organization is 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 done. But this is it. It's kind of saying actually, we 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 have to push these things out at some point because we can't yeah can't not um and um but give you know at least they've got that option to kind of play a little bit first. Oh, I've I've got some free time now. I can do this, and right. then actually now we're going to make sure you're compliant if you if you've not had chance or we have to do we have to enforce this on you. Uh, it's right. kind of a similar approach that I've seen. One of the guys in the UK, a uh, chap called Chris Roberts, who comes to our uh, Windows Management User Group um, events in London, he speaks and he works uh, for SAP and he does um, a and he supports a huge amount of, of endpoints. I think it's some ridiculous amount. It's over it's a few hundred thousand. Oh wow! And for yeah, it's crazy. He's a really, really good guy, and crikey, he, he must he loves what he does. I can really tell. And um, they they took the approach for Windows upgrades in a similar manner. So for your baseline upgrades, they allowed users to they run a program, a PowerShell script, which said, okay, do do you want to be um, in this 
uh, effectively like an insider type person. I'm going to get my upgrades really quickly or um, do you want to hold back a bit and that sort of thing. And they gave the users that ability to choose. So when it came to actually pushing the baseline out, they knew it was happening. And they were, so you had a bunch of people who were um, really uh, keen to, to upgrade because they um, they were kind of techie guys or, you know, they, they were into their phones and that. They wanted the latest gadgets. So they got on the fast channel. And then people who were cautious, not too sure, they'd go back down the, the order. And all they were doing was, from whatever they chose, they just, their, their machine got dumped into a collection. And um, it was pretty pretty ingenious way of doing it. You know, it gave them that that choice and made them, um, the same way that you're doing with the updates every month, just gave them the oh, yeah. option to do it. And I oh, thought yeah. that was quite cool. Eventually they'll get enforced, but you know, the user feels a bit more in control with it. Yeah, and we also um, gave them like a long reboot time frame because that too, like you know, we used to have a shorter one, then we increased it a little bit, then we increased it a little bit. So now, like, I think we got like a ten-hour reboot window, and right. So if they come in, like, for example, if if it's mandatory at five five in the morning. And if machines are, are there, they're turned on, they're going to get updates, they'll, they'll reboot after 10 hours. But if users come in, like, let's say, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning, you know, turn on their laptops or their workstations or whatever, and then the policies run and, oh, wait, now you got updates, I'll start installing. And then from that point onwards, it's, you know, you're looking at 10 hours, which is like at the end of the day, right? Right. So it gives them the whole day to just do their work and not worry about it. And so it's a lot of like yeah. fine tuning and stuff that you had to do. Yeah. Yeah. And lessons learned along the way, I'm sure mm. as well. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's, it, you know, nothing worse. You, you get the, the, the noise from the VIP who's doing his presentation. And it suddenly reboots part way through. He's disappeared for half an hour, comes into a meeting, comes back and all these works, it's been restarted and he's like losing it because uh, because of that fact. Um, <laughs> RJ, how, did, how did the MVP thing happen then? We've mentioned you've been on the program. How did that happen? Did, was it just a, out of the blue, was it? How, how did that Oh, you mean how about? I got it? Yeah. I, you know, I tried maybe once or twice before, uh, you know, didn't really get to where it was and, I think it was a lot of like community uh, push uh, that that made it happen. Uh, so I really thank the community for it. So I've been very, very active in the community, especially through social media stuff and, you know, uh, at events and things like that. So people are finding value like, hey, this guy, you know, he, I don't claim to know everything, right? But I know how to find the resources for stuff. So if someone reached out to me and said, hey, I'm running into this problem, whatever. I'm like, oh, wait, actually, yeah, I do have the answer. Oh, or maybe, wait, hold on. No, I don't have the answer, but I know somebody who does. Or I know how to find the resources for you and does this help? And so I would connect the pieces for people, right? So I was putting, giving them value like that. So I think at one of the Ignites, I can't remember where it was, uh, whether it was Chicago, Atlanta, or something like that. And there were some community members who stopped by the MVP booth and spoke to uh, Betsy, the CPM, and said, hey, you've got to check this guy out and you got to meet him. So 
she put the word out that she wanted to see me. So we just, you know, it was nothing more more than just hello, my name is so and so. I'm the guy you've been hearing about, whatever. And that's it. That's all. And uh, put in my nomination. You know, I think I got. I think we had to go. Through, all of us had to go through that process. And then eventually, I guess, yeah, I was pretty psyched I got it. And I gotta say though, you know, it's been it's been great. Um, my work, the what I do for the community has seems like has increased more than what than prior to being an MVP. I was. I started doing the same stuff, but then you know how you and we we have to log our contributions and stuff like that. So you got to be mindful. But then the the doors started opening up for for me. Like I started getting to speak at events. I started getting to speak at Microsoft Ignite, which is a very privileged thing, right? Um, and you know, and 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 other other conferences. And I started getting you know access to different products and i get companies will like hey could you test out our software and write about it or whatever and you know so that really gave me more opportunities to not only learn new things but also then eventually give back to the community because now i have i'm a little bit more uh not to say privileged but a little bit more Things have come to you in a way. Come to me, right, right. Exactly where you're coming from on that. Yeah, you you get. Yeah. So and and it takes up time, doesn't it? It's. um, Yeah, and I, you know, and I also have a lot of connections, so I know a lot of people in the community. I know a lot of people that, you know, with the product group, so I know who to reach for, to help the community out too, right? So, like I said, I don't know everything, but I know how to put the pieces together, how to put the puzzle. Who the together. hell does, eh? <laughs> right, right. You know, I think you know. It's 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 the good thing is that you will learn from. If you go out and ask yeah. someone a question, you'll you'll learn from that. You've found yeah. out for someone else, but you've got that information, and you'll probably retain yeah. it. You may not. I, um, you know, I know there's yeah. a lot of irritation in the community. Like I see, you know, like in Facebook groups and stuff. Like you get like you know other. IT pros will ask questions, but there's the people that actually run into issues and they're struggling, they tried everything and they still can't get it fixed. So then they come out like, hey, you know, I've been doing this, you know, I've run. And they're like very genuine kind of like, then you got the other subset of people that, hey, I've got this error, can someone fix it? I got this error, I got this problem, can someone give me, give me the answer? Oh, can someone give me a PowerShell script? I need to do blah. And then it starts creating a negativity in the community, right? You, I'm starting to see a trend where now people were like, hey, have you tried Google? Let me Google that for you. Let me do this. Yeah. So it becomes very irritating. And I can see both sides of it, right? One side, they're trying. They don't know how to ask the questions or they don't know how to seek the help. They make it look like they want other people to do the job for them. And then you got the other side where they're getting really irritated, like, hey, my time is valuable or whatever. So I get hit a lot in that sense too. I get people contacting me privately through WhatsApp, through Facebook Messenger, things like that. And and I would like, you know, this is what I do consulting work for too, you know? And like, I, fine, you know, I'll help you out, you know? Uh, okay, listen, you know, here's some blog posts and here's some documents from Microsoft. Go read that, then come back to me. You know when you when you when you run into further issues, but you know I'm not going to give you all the answers, but I'll help you. So I'm not that kind of a jerk where I don't help people and just push them away. I kind of feel bad for them too, you know. So 
Yeah, uh, we've all been there, haven't we? You know, we, we're, yeah. all, we're all asking these questions. I mean, I see sometimes I'll get this message come through and it says, uh, Harjit, and I just, I just block it. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, so speaking of, like, the whole MVP thing, you know, I, I, I was really, really fortunate and, um, to be able to speak at uh, the Microsoft Ignite, uh, the tours, um, this year, I, you know, I was like, you know, I represented Microsoft for some of their learning path sessions, um, especially in the, the, the MemCM category, right? The, the new Microsoft Endpoint Manager. So I was uh, able to speak in Milan in January and then. Oh yeah, I saw you on this tour. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah and then I went to Johannesburg, South Africa. Um, and then um, I did Dubai. And and then Excuse that was London. it. But I was supposed to go to Zurich. That got canceled okay. because of COVID. Right. Yeah. Yep. Then I was supposed to go to. Actually, this week I'm supposed to be in Mumbai, uh, and that got right. canceled. Bangalore. Jeez, is next you're going to be week. all over the place. Yeah. yeah. So I had a few opportunities, but they didn't pan out. So. Were these places you'd never been to before then? Uh. Well. Dubai, I haven't been. Milan, I didn't go. I haven't been to any of those places before. So that was mm. interesting. Yeah. So maybe next year. Who knows? <laughs> maybe next year. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to go to London and uh, didn't even make that. And it's uh, effectively um, 10 minutes away from my house. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so for, your, for your listeners, you know, I'm I'm definitely reachable. I, I'm not sure how you're going to post this podcast, but... You know, I'm definitely always happy to help people and guide people or mentor people and stuff like that. I do mentor a few IT pros uh, in the industry and help them behind the scenes. Uh, also, again, connecting the pieces or sometimes I'm just a sounding board, you know, like, hey, I'm struggling with, you know, work or I'm struggling with personal life or I'm struggling career-wise or something like that, right? So I'm there as a sounding board. You don't always have to be a, a technical person to be a mentor, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Right. I know you're one of the good guys, Arjit. <laughs> and uh, what, what what I do do at the end, because I think we've, 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 we've done quite a fair bit tonight, um, is uh, I get people to shout out where they can reach you. So you've got all the different platforms you've also sure, got. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to run through those, okay, let me know. Yeah. So obviously they can reach me through Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Hooch, H-O-O-R-G-E. And then I'm also on uh, uh, through my Facebook Tech Connect group. It's uh, facebook.com slash T-E-C-H-K-O-N-N-E-C-T, Tech Connect with a K. Um, and then I'm also, I'm on, a, I'm on everything. I mean, uh, you'll find me on WhatsApp and... Um, one of the easiest, yeah. One of the um, easiest way to find all my platforms is there's a there's a free site called about uh, about me slash Dalawal and then you'll That's find where it. to go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you do the podcast, the Hajjit and Prayer yeah, Show as well. I do the Hajjit yeah. and Prayer Show. In fact, I recorded um, a, um, a show last night, and I'm gonna uh, push it out tomorrow. Uh, with prayer, and then I also do the PowerShell podcast with Mick Fletcher. So oh, with Mick, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a nice guy. I met Mick a couple of times. He's a good guy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
And uh, so, yeah, we do a PowerShell podcast. We interview people. Um, you know, we have had some really nice guests. Um, so that's coming along. So I was going to start. You, actually, you do things outside of all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in fact, you know, it's really interesting that you started this uh, podcast of yours. I actually, um, where was this? Um, was it at MMS? uh new orleans i think i was i created new stickers and stuff for my very own podcast that i'm actually going to start um my own right just uh you know whether i do my own talking or sharing my own wisdoms and i came up with a name uh control alt jit <laughs> 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 you know i was like i need something witty i need something like i don't want it to be just technology or technical i don't want to have you know uh like like yours right it's what uh two jerks or something like that right or whatever it is and yeah uh, well, so just a couple of jerks just a couple of jerks right i mean it's yeah, very open-ended it. it's open-ended exactly yeah yeah you could talk to somebody you know? So the idea around it was that title was the fact that we are, you know, we put on this rock star pedestal that um, can cause stress or pressure on people oh, yeah. or whatever. Oh, yeah. But, you know, uh, uh, and really, you know, that we are just one of many uh, hundreds and thousands of people in, in the world who are trying to do their job on a day-to-day basis. Exactly. And we're all trying we're to just, survive, yeah. Yeah, and... and uh, you know, we're just regular guys. Yeah, we're just just regular idiots trying to get through the day to day, causing problems, fixing them, whatever. So just a couple of just a, just a couple of idiots was taken. Just a couple of regular guys, <laughs> I, I think, it. was taken. So I a couple of jerks. Yeah, I didn't want to be rude to anyone, but you know, we are just a yeah. When I when I when I kick off when I kick off my podcast, I'm going to have you on too for sure. All oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <The> <laughs> I was bad like this. Yeah, 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 that's cool. I'm up for it. All well, right, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure uh, yeah. having you on for this week. Thank and, you. And um, you know, yeah, by all means, hook me up for the, for the return leg, and we'll we'll do this the opposite way around or whatever it is. And you've just uh, given me an idea as well. Stickers. Yeah, no, anytime, man. Uh, it's a pleasure to to do this. And if you ever need me again, let me know. And or if you yeah. have more part two, yeah, the other, sequel, yeah, yeah, part two and sequels, right? We can do this forever. <laughs> Magic, uh, yeah. We we are so far the longest running of the podcast as well. So you know, maybe we on can. On that note, we'll 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 leave it there. And it's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot, right. Cheers. Thanks Cheers. a lot, man. Cheers.